And all of a sudden, they feel the levels of stress rising. So I thought, you know, it'd be good to preach about stress to these students coming in to their new situation. But when we talk about stress, well, it's not only students who feel stress. I think we all can relate to the stresses of life. And so I hope that today's message will not only speak to you if you are a young student entering into the college university setting, but I hope it will speak to you also as an adult or wherever you are in the stages of life. Let's pray. Dear Father, be with us through your spirit. Help us to understand the Bible and the message you have for us today. This I ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As I look back at pivotal moments in my life, I'm reminded that there has been moments in my life where I went from being a registered nurse, dedicating my life to the healing of the body, and then transitioning to a pastoral ministry phase of my life. And one of those impactful, memorable moments that I remember as one of those situations that made me change my mind as to what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was dealing with a 25-year-old, in-shape, young man who ate good, who exercised, but was dealing with uncontrolled hypertension. You guys know what hypertension is? Elevated blood pressure. And so here was this young 25-year-old. He was built, muscular. He was exercising. He was eating well. But every time he would come into our clinic, his pressure would be to the point that we'd have to lay him down in our urgent care, worried that if we did not lower his blood pressure by the time he left, he would have a heart attack or stroke. And the doctors were just confounded by the situation. They tried this medication, didn't work. They tried that medication and didn't work, or worked for a small amount of time and then it needed to be adjusted again. All these young doctors from Loma Linda were looking at their books, their textbooks that they had just graduated from and trying to see what is going on here until they gave up and they had to call those gray-haired doctors that have been practicing for 40 years. And in came one of those gray-haired doctors, and, you know, the younger doctors gave him his whole work, everything. This is what it is, and we don't know what's going on. And he sat down in front of that young 25-year-old man, didn't ask him about his eating habits, didn't ask him about his health practices, his exercise routine, didn't ask him about his medication, none of that. He sat down right in front of him, looked him in his eyes and asked, do you have any stressors in your life? And as soon as he said that word, it's as if the channels, the dam broke loose, the tears started flowing out, and the story started to come out. My wife is cheating on me with another man. And now came the terrible story of betrayal and pain and hurts. And after talking about his stresses and troubles for about an hour, and that gray-haired old doctor just nodding away, putting his hands on his shoulder and praying for him, we said, before we could let you go, we got to take your blood pressure again. And what did you know? It was backed down to normal. Do you have stressors in life? I ask you. 
I don't have gray hair, but I know to ask the question. I'm worried about you, church. You hear me? I am worried about you because you are stressed. And stress is not only a feeling. Stress is not just an emotion. Stress is a hardwired physical response that travels throughout your entire body and has great negative effects. You see, when you're stressed, your adrenal gland releases the hormones of cortisol, epinephrine, also called adrenaline, and norepinephrine. And as I was reading the effects of the release of these hormones, I am scared for you. I am worried about the stresses in your life. Because as these hormones travel through your blood, they reach your heart. And when the hormone epinephrine hits your heart, it causes it to beat faster, faster and raises your blood pressure. Cortisol, when it's released in the lining of your blood, causes it not to function normally in your blood vessels, causing a buildup of cholesterol or plaque. So you're stressed out and your hormones are being released and your heart's going boom, 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 boom. Your blood pressure is increasing, your arteries are getting clogged, and that's an increased risk factor for heart attack and, and stroke. When your brain, brain senses stress, it act, activates the autonomic nervous system. And your network of nerves here is connected with your network of nerves here. Have you noticed that? You don't only get butterflies when you're stressed or nervous. There's much more than happens when that is activated. Many people, because of stress, are dealing with irritable bowel syndrome and also with heartburn. In fact, it affects, affects your gut bacteria to the point that you can't really digest your food and you're bloated and you have irritable bowel syndrome. You're wondering, what's going on with me? And you're visiting the doctor. You're getting all sorts of medication. It's because you are, you're stressed. You're overly stressed. Now, some of you are struggling because the waistline keeps expanding. Does stress affect the waistline? Yes or no? You see, when the hormone cortisol is released, it increases your appetite. And it tells your body that it needs to replenish that energy source with dense food like carbs. So do you remember that feeling you get when you crave comfort food? And you get home at night, and it's late at night, and, and you're not really hungry, per se. You know you've eaten the right amount of food, but there's this insatiable craving to eat bread or something carb-like. That's the hormone cortisol streaming all through your body saying, I got to get replenished because my fight and flights have been activated and I need the energy. And in fact, stress even affects the cells of your body to the point that when you are stressed, it takes longer for you to heal. And they have studies in the hospital of patients who are stressed, recovering from wounds, and it takes them longer and a more difficult time to heal from wounds based on the stress in their lives. If all this weren't enough, friends, stress, chronic stress, can also cause acne, hair loss, headaches, muscle tension, fatigue, and irritability. Friends, what does this all tell me? What is this all telling us? What does it mean? It means simply this. We were not 
created to be chronically stressed. What does it tell us? God did not create us to be chronically stressed. We need a break. And the Bible tells us over and over again. In the book of Psalms, chapter 55 and verse 22, the scriptures speak to us this truth, saying, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. You were not created to carry the stress. God says, cast your burdens upon me. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Casting all your anxiety. So your creator, your loving God is seeing you so stressed out. And he says, I fashioned you. I formed you. And I know that you were definitely not created to carry this chronic stress. That's why you're losing your hair. That's why the waistline is expanding. That's why you have high blood pressure. That's why you're dealing with diabetes because there are stressors that are affecting your body. Cast your cares upon me. Give me your anxiety. Because we all have things that come against us. What if the medical report isn't good? What if my finances don't improve? What if my child doesn't get in school? What if my marriage doesn't improve? What if I don't find that someone to spend my life with? What if my grades don't improve? And we try to figure it out, don't we? We try to find answers to these questions. But when we don't see anything change, the temptation is to live stressed and worried chronically. But there's a simple phrase that I want you to keep in your heart and I want you to repeat with me. And it's this, God's got this. Can you say that with me? God's got this. Let's say it like we believe it. God's got this. Whatever this is for you, God's got it. Because he is still on the throne. Do you believe that? He is still on the heavenly throne. And he sees what's happening already. And he already has a solution to your stress. Because... Sometimes you can't figure it out because the answer is not logical. Because in the natural way, you don't see what's the answer to this problem. But it's okay because we serve a supernatural God. He has ways to do it that we never even thought about it. And so instead of trying to force it, to find an answer, living a life of stress and worry, you have to let go and let God Because God's got this. Psalm chapter 46 and verse 10 tells us, Be still and know that I am God. You are stressing about finding the answer. You're worrying and finding the solutions. And God says, cast your burdens upon me. Give me your anxiety and calm down. Be still and watch me work. Know that I am God by what I do in your life. And when we do that, we will feel almost a physical response to a spiritual step. When you spiritually, by faith, give God your burdens, you feel something happen in your life. 
I've had people come to me as a pastor, and I know because I've been counseling them about their problems and issues and stresses, and they walk into the office like they're carrying literally a burden. You see it on their, on their shoulders, they're drew. It seems like something's heavy. But then they come a week or two later, after they've been encouraged to practically give it to God, and they're standing straight. And their face is shining. I'm like, what happened to you? Did you get a B12 shot or something? Like, what's the difference? I learned to trust God. I learned to give my burdens and my anxieties to him. And pastor, they say, it felt literally when I got off my knees that someone carried that burden off my, it felt like a pound, like a hundred pounds came off my back. Would you like that in your life, friend? Would you like that burden lifted off of you? Well, let me tell you, this pastor can't lift it. Your family can't lift it. Your friends can't lift it. Your doctor and nurses can't lift it. But there is a God on the throne who promises, be still, know that I am God, and watch me work in your life. God is bigger than your greatest stressor. Do you believe that? God is greater than your greatest stressor. And the only thing that we have to do is stay in faith because God is saying, I got this. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm in the process of turning this around. It's just a matter of time. It may not happen how you want it or when you want it, but God's ways are better than our ways. God knows what's best for you, and God's got this because God is greater than your greatest stressor. And this is what God was trying to teach his disciples. Before he left, in the book of Luke chapter 12, if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open there with me. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 31. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 31. You see, in the verses before the ones we're about to read, Jesus had just finished telling the parable of the rich fool, the rich fool who decided to spend his whole life worrying about the future, what he would eat and what he would drink. This man was anxious and stressed and worried about these daily needs, and he spent his whole life accumulating these things, and finally when he had enough not to be stressed out and anxious, he said, now I could enjoy all I have worked so hard to accumulate and stressed about, and the Bible tells us that he was a fool because that night he died and wasn't even able to enjoy all that he has stressed and worked so long and so hard for. So Jesus said, that is a foolish way of living. Let me teach you, disciples, a different way. A different way to deal with your stressors, with the problems of life. Luke chapter 12, verse 22, tells us these things. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. The disciples must have spent a ton of time worrying about, about their necessities like food and clothing because they left everything to follow Jesus. They left their house. They left their profession. They were living day by day. Do you remember when there was 5,000 people to feed? 
And Jesus said to them, feed them. Who was the one that offered the fish and the bread? It wasn't one of the disciples. They didn't even have anything to offer for God to do a miracle with. They had to get the little boy to bring his food. That little boy had more than the disciples. So the disciples might have been living a life of worry and stress, thinking about their needs. And so Jesus tells them, don't worry, because life is more than stressing about what you will eat, what you will wear, and whatever you're stressing about. There's something greater to worry and to think about, to prioritize in our life. And he uses an illustration in verse chapter 24 to kind of hone this in. He says, consider the ravens. They do not sow nor reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are, how much more valuable you are than birds. Now, you can imagine that they're traveling around and, you know, when it's the season where all the food is blooming and the food is bountiful, the disciples could be walking by grain fields and they're grabbing the food. Right? Like, mm, okay, right, living no stress because there's apple trees, there's fig trees, there's all kinds of stuff. And then when they get to people's house, sometimes people have a lot of food during the time of harvest, right? But as the season is changing, it's getting close to winter, I'm wondering if then the disciples start to worry because they haven't planted, right? They haven't stored anything from the harvest, and they're starting to worry because now they can't pick the fruit trees. Now they can't pick the, the grain trees. And Jesus tells them, look at that bird. Look at that fat bird right there. You see his big belly? He didn't plant, and he didn't harvest, and he didn't store either. But guess what? He is well taken care of. And don't you think God loves you more than that bird? Hmm, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? That's an interesting thought. And so he continues with the punchline, the next verse, verse 25. He says to them in verse uh, 25, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the, the rest? You see, the whole point there is twofold. Number one, you are more valuable than the birds to God your Father, and by worrying, you can do nothing about it. You see, when you do your part, you have things you have to plan for, you have things you have to do, so you plan for it, you do your part. If you add stress to the work you do, that will equal no success. But if you do your part, and then you seek the kingdom of God, that will be a blessing of success. So the lesson that God's trying to teach is, God loves you, and he knows your needs, and he knows what you need to be taken care of, and if you worry, nothing else will be added to you. So I was thinking about that, and I said, what does that remind me of? Well, I'm a father too. And I have a daughter that has needs. And do you know how much it would hurt me if I came in to my daughter's room one day, little Gianna, four years old, and instead of finding her playing with the dolls, instead of her coloring or writing a note to me saying, Daddy, I love you, like she does sometimes, or making you know, something for me, or asking me to come play with her, I find her in the corner of the room, just... Going like this, scratching her head, 
her eyes, you know, furrowed. And, and I said, honey, what's wrong? What happened? She said, dad, I'm really worried about how I'm going to pay the mortgage this month. <laughs> what? Yes, dad, do you know how much the mortgage is? She pulls out her two quarters I've given her that week. This is not enough, dad. It will not cover our needs sufficiently. I am so worried. I am stressed. And above that, dad, above that, how are we going to afford groceries this week? You know I like my waffles. <laughs> there are no waffles in the house anymore. Give me a moment, dad. I, just, I need to think and figure this out. I need to figure this out. How would I feel about that as a father? I would feel a little hurt, right? I say, honey, you, that's not for you to worry about. I know what you need. I know you need a roof over your head. I know you need food. I know you need your waffles. Let me worry about that. You worry about drawing me a beautiful little drawing and saying, Daddy, I love you. You worry about our relationship. Enjoy life. Let me carry those burdens. But don't we do that with God? Don't we do that with God? Does God not know what you need? He absolutely does know what you need. But yet, we sit in our rooms, and we worry, and we stress, and we try to find solutions to problems which we have no answer for. And we get chronic stress, and we get diabetes, and we get heart disease, and we get strokes, and we get irritable bowel, and our waistline expands. And our Heavenly Father's looking down upon us with pity, saying, but that's my problem. But that's my problem. So what is the solution that Jesus gives in these verses? Let's go to verse 27. Verse 27 says this. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little what? Oh, there's the problem. There is the problem. Why does my daughter not stress about the mortgage, the food, and her clothes? Because she trusts that her father and her mother will provide for her needs. Why do you stress? Why do you worry? The truth is hard to accept, but it's true. It's because you don't trust God. It's because you don't have faith in your heavenly Father who sits on the throne of heaven, who guides the stars and the planets, who spoke things to, into existence. You don't trust his power to carry your burdens and to find solutions to your problems. And so you carry them yourself. You of little faith. Verse 29. Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world or the unbelievers run after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of, of God. So the Contrast is given. He says, the unbelievers or the pagans of the world, they should be worrying, right? Because they have not accepted me as their father. 
just as if a homeless child should be worried in the street because they don't have a father or a mother who is caring for their needs. But you should not be acting as if you don't have someone who is extremely worried about your needs. And if you lack faith, that's what the Bible's for. Because the Bible is full of stories to encourage us to have faith that God is greater than our greatest stressors. Do you remember in Exodus chapter 14, verse 19 to 22? Talk about a stressful situation. You know, after hundreds of years of slavery, now you're free. And imagine Moses, right? He's leading a million people out into the desert. And he's like, I don't know where the food's coming from. I don't know where the water's coming from. I don't even know where people can go to the bathroom. You know, this is, this is not something that I have all the answers for. And when he gets to the place that God told him to go in Exodus uh, chapter 14 and verse 19 to 22, we find that they are trapped in between an army that wants to kill them and a sea that they can't get across. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 19 says, And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Uh, continuing to the next verse there. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Continuing, the next verse. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind with all that, all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and onto their left hand. What did Moses and the Israelites discover that God was greater than that day? God was greater than your limitations and your circumstances. Sometimes we read that and we're like, well, that's a great story. That's an awesome miracle. Why don't you do miracles like that in my life? It's just we're not applying the stories to our life. God's saying when they were in that situation, they were limited by their circumstances and their surroundings. And they were stressed out because they could not change their circumstances. They could not change their surroundings. But God is greater than your surroundings. God is greater than your circumstances. And God can make a way where there seems to be no way. I mean, are those stories encouraging to you? I, it's been encouraging to me when I've been stressed. I know when in Judges chapter 7, when Gideon had 300 men, you know, God reduced the number to 300 men, and he was up against a great army. And God tells him to go down into the camp with lights and trumpets. And all of a sudden, the men of that great army are so confused and scared, they start killing each other and run and run and run until they go back to their countries. And Gideon with just 300 men has a great victory. Do you think he wasn't stressed with that army there in that country invading? Do you think he was not stressed to go down and attack them? But Gideon and the 300 men discovered that God was greater than overwhelming odds. Are you dealing with an overwhelming odd in your life? Is there something that seems insurmountable? 
that which is against you is greater than you. God says, look at the story of Gideon and learn that I am greater than your greatest stressor. I am greater than insurmountable odds. And then, of course, the most popular one, right? 1 Samuel chapter 17 tells a story of David and Goliath. And the lesson there was not for David as so much it was for Saul in the Israelite army. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained them, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And we learn that through that great battle... And that great song that says, one little stone went into the sling, and the sling went round and round, and that stone went into the air, and the giant came tumbling down. That's in the Bible, right? That same word, something like that. <laughs> we learn, Saul and the armies of Israel learn that God is greater. God is greater than even giant obstacles. You have giant obstacles at work. You have giant obstacles when you enter your doctor's office and you get a diagnosis. Do you have giant obstacles in your financial situation? Do you have giant obstacles in your relationships? Do you have giant obstacles in life? God is greater than those. You are not greater. He is greater. And that's why he says, cast the stress, cast the burdens, cast the problems upon me. And your focus and your priority should be spent on seeking the kingdom of, of God. Seeking the what? How much of a difference would our life be if we spent just as much time thinking about God's kingdom, doing loving others, serving God, than we spent worrying and stressing about our daily needs. How different would our life be? It would be radically and completely different. And Jesus had to teach this lesson over and over again. One lady who he taught it to is found in the book of Luke chapter 10 and verses 38 to 42. Do you remember her name? The story of Martha. Are you a Martha with your daily needs, with your stressors? Martha, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, tells us that she, uh, she, was, she was a good worker. She, she was a hostess. She liked to take care of people when they came over to her house. Nothing wrong with that. I commend that spirit. But Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, tells us that Jesus wanted to teach her a lesson of priorities. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 begins, uh, says this, But Martha was distracted which, with much serving. My New Living Translation here says in verse uh, 
38 of Luke chapter 10. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, when you read this story, you kind of take Martha's side to begin with, right? Some of you understand that because maybe you're husband doesn't help out with the chores, or maybe your wife doesn't help out with the chores, or maybe the kids don't help out with the chores, whatever the case may be. But remember, the Bible tells us that Martha was distracted from something. What was she distracted from? Mary was not distracted. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words. And so, Martha comes and tells Jesus, tell Mary to get up and stop listening to your words and get on with the real important things of life, like cleaning, like warming up the food, like taking care of our needs. Because I'm stressed out. There's about five more disciples than I thought you had here. I didn't make enough food. And what does Jesus respond to her? What does Jesus respond to her? These beautiful words, Martha, Martha, <laughs> Martha, Martha, what's your name? Stephen, Stephen, why are you stressing? Why are you stressing? Why are you worrying? Why are you anxious about this? You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. How many things are needed? Only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You see, when the Lord Jesus said that we should not worry about food and clothing, he did not mean that we're to sit idly and wait for things to be provided. Christianity does not mean laziness. But he certainly did mean that in the process of earning money for the necessities of life or taking care of our needs, we were not to let them to assume undue importance in our life. After all, there is something more important in life than what we eat and what we wear. We are here as ambassadors of a king, and all our priorities should be focused on the kingdom of God and spending time with him. Because ultimately, who has promised to take care of all your needs and problems? Jesus. So the closer you are to Jesus, the more he works in your life to take care of your needs. Can you imagine that? You need to let go and get closer to God so that he will go to work. Because if you're working to take care of his needs, he steps back, right? He's like, oh, you got this? All right. That's what many people do with their children, right? When their children are trying to do something that they really can't do, the parent could say, no, you can't do that. And the kid says, yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Just watch me. I don't get into all that. I say, you can't do that. Yes, I can. All right, do it. I'm going to step over here until you ask for help. And we're digging a garden, right? And my daughter's trying to dig a hole into the ground. Yes, I can. I'm strong. Okay, do it. And after about five minutes, what does she do? She gives up. Goes over and says, Daddy, can you help me, please? 
And I come over and I do it for her. Some of you are trying to do what God could only do for you in the stresses of your life. And God's saying, I am greater than your greatest stress in life. Why don't you focus on me? Why don't you, instead of focusing on anxiety and stress about your problems, focus on your relationship with me? And you will see when you do that, you will come to trust me with your problems. And when you trust me with your problems, then you could give me your problems. And when you give me your problems, I'll take care of all of them for you. In my way, in my time, which is the best way for you. So the final straw for me when I gave up nursing was when I did an internship in Botswana, a hospital in Botswana. Anybody from Botswana here? Nobody? Anybody near Botswana? Anybody come near? Okay, South Africa, right across the border. And uh, in Botswana, the ER doctor was there for about two hours a day. And because we're Loma Linda American students, we're supposed to know how to do everything. And so they left us alone there in the hospital. Very scary situation. But uh, we were up to the task, and again, there came in a man in an ambulance. Now, Botswana ambulance is an old rickety pickup truck that they put an old mattress. So, you know, they ride right up to the ER, and there is a man. There's no stretch or anything. They have like a blanket. You know, like the stories of Jesus, where they let the man from the roof, and they're holding a blanket. That's how they carry them in the ER, and they kind of like do that, and then they like throw them on the bed, right? And then there's a man there, literally crippled with pain. He's 45, but he's saying that his heart is hurting. He can't walk. He can't move. He, he's struggling to breathe. He thinks he's having a heart attack. I take his blood pressure. It's a little elevated. We run his labs. We do an EKG. Nothing that is really showing a heart attack. But he's still sweating. His heart is pounding. The hormones are going through his body. And I did everything I could do for him physically. And it was having no effect. He was having a panic attack. And we didn't have medication for that. So what do I do? Do I send him home? Do I try to pump him with whatever I could find? Here's an aspirin. Not sure if that does anything, but sometimes it works on the mind. I was desperate. So I got down on my knees next to the bed. And I hadn't done this very much before, but I asked if I could pray for him. And so I prayed for him. And when I opened up my eyes, he had stopped crying, he had stopped shaking, he stopped grimacing. He said, thank you so much. I feel much, much better. He turned around and went to sleep for an hour peacefully, and I discharged him two hours later. And I realized, I realized that the stresses of this life could kill us. And sometimes there's not a physical solution to stresses. But God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, not only to save us from sin, but to save us from our stresses as well. So why don't you cast your burdens upon him? Why don't you talk to him? Why don't you pray to him? Why don't you trust him? 
And he will show you that he is greater than your greatest stressor. Because God's got this. I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Because I'm worried about you, church. I'm worried about you because you have stresses. I'm worried because you're anxious about something. I'm worried that your health will be affected. That your mental health, that your emotional health. I'm worried that you will live not as long because of the stresses that you are trying to find solutions to, which are not in your power. God's got this if you're willing to give it to him. Your children, your marriage, your relationships, your health, your spiritual life. God's got this. And in the presence of God today, with, with your eyes closed and heads bowed, before the Holy Spirit and the witness of all the created beings, would you raise your hands if you have something that has been stressing you chronically, of which you have no solution and can find no way through it, above it, around it, and this morning you want to tell the Lord Jesus Christ, I cast my burden upon you. Take my anxiety. Help me to believe that you are greater than my greatest stressor. Would you raise your hand at this moment if that is your belief, your desire, and your life? And God's invisible hand is reaching down from heaven, from his heavenly sanctuary. He's grabbing onto your hands, and he's taking that from you at this very moment. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? We believe that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for those lessons you taught your disciples, which are lessons that we need today as well. And we thank you that you are greater than the greatest giants of our lives. Thank you that you're greater than the greatest obstacles. Thank you that you're greater than the, the most difficult circumstances. Thank you that you're greater than our stressors. Help us to believe and trust you and give you our burdens so that we could focus on your kingdom. This I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, and we all say, Amen. Amen. Amen.